Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Dave Dubow with us here today. Dave is going to be starting a new podcast. So when you hear this episode, you, he might have a show or two released. So uh, take a look and look for How to Raise Capital 101 show. Dave is full of information when it comes to this topic. And um, uh, I'm going to even point everybody to your previous appearance because we talked about how to find money partners with Dave um, and it was episode number 274. So welcome back, Dave. It's great having you back. Jack, it's wonderful. Thanks for the opportunity to speak to your people again. So today we're going to take a different approach, though. Uh, this time we're going to talk about the three biggest mistakes real estate investors make when raising capital. So yeah. I'm going to give you the floor. Let's yeah, let's tackle number one. And um you know, uh, if you want to hear a little bit more about Dave's background, I'm going to push you towards that other episode because uh, there's there's a lot of great information there. But Dave, let's let's just dive in. This should be a great conversation. Well, Jack, thanks a lot. I think it, the reason I was chuckling is because these three biggest mistakes are all mistakes that I have made that I made when I first fumbled around trying to raise capital. And the first one is is something that just really gets on my nerves every single time I hear a guru say this, I want to reach out and slap them silly. All right. And here's, here's, here's what I hear all the time. Hey, you know what? Just find a good deal and the money will find you. Have you ever heard that one before, Jack? Well, I recently have started this thing on occasion called tip Tuesday, Dave. Uh Uh-huh. And I think my first tip Tuesday was my a little rant exactly of that. So I hope I hope I'm not I hope you weren't ranting that that's the way it should be. It's it's the other way around. I hope no, that. it's the other way around. I, I think wow. it is the biggest myth that has been spread and has just permeated in most of the real estate guru world, if you will. Oh my goodness! And, and you know what? I I won't blame all of them because once you get to the point where you're a guru then it's kind of true right because you've already got a platform you already got tons of people kind of following you you already got the word out so you can kind of mention things and yeah money will come to you but what about all the mom and pops that are just getting started that hear that crap and they think that that's the way it's going to be working for them as well so i highly 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 recommend that you don't follow that advice in fact the better advice to follow is dig your well before you're thirsty, right? So find mm-hmm. your investors, raise the capital first, get your investor. Here's what we here's what we do for our clients. We want to get them their investor ducks in a row. We want to get them a group of people, three, four, five people, whatever it is, who've already put up their hand. They've said, hey, Jack, when you've got a deal, I want first dibs, I want in. Perhaps they've even signed on on a letter of intent or an expression of interest or something like that. You know that you've got something solid to go with before you go making offers. And when you've got your investors lined up ahead of time, then you can go and you're going to have your mojo. You're going to have your confidence and you can close on deals. You can negotiate better. You're just in a much better position. So, again, like so many of the things that I've learned in life, Jack, I had to learn this a hard way. 
Uh, when I first was trying to raise capital back in the day, geez, it was just for a little single family home. I Like a lot of people, I'd, I'd done my first couple of deals under my own steam, ran out of cash, ran out of credit. Voila, perfect deal lands in my lap. I remember all this crap that the gurus told me, find a good deal, the money will find you. But I still figured I needed to do something. But bottom line is, I was scrambling. I was I was just doing so many desperate things that no matter how good the deal was, my desperation just oozed out of every pore and just kind of turned people off. So, yeah, don't wait until you got the deal to go looking for the capital. Look for the capital first and the deals as well. Same time. Yeah, I I I can't agree with you more, Dave. And 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 frankly, I, I really need to to emphasize a couple of the points you just made there. When you know you have somebody to sell it to or somebody to partner with, you're absolutely right. The confidence level, you you do a, a excrete, if you will, confidence. There's there's a people want to work with people with confidence, yeah. and if you don't know what to do or you don't know what have that exit strategy, people people know and smell desperation. Yeah, most definitely. So what? What, what it gets to, and I'm sure you've seen this yourself, Jack, is when you've got that group of investors lined up, ready to go, then it's almost it's almost like you get to pick and choose who you want to have on board as your investors versus desperately chasing after anybody with a checkbook and a pulse that will invest with you. So yeah, that's, that's ab- ab- absolutely right. And I've been pushing this concept that, you know, um, I've I've also been telling a lot of people that it's not a, you know real estate investing frankly isn't as easy as as what you get on on some of the ads you see on Facebook and Twitter and everything either it's it's almost presented as it's a get rich quick scheme but if you review 100 properties and you might go see 10 of those properties and you might submit offers on two of those properties that's not far fetched I mean, that's a, that's a lot of touching, you know, a lot of contact in regards to properties. As far as I'm concerned, you almost have to put as much effort into finding and building your buyers list and your networking and your marketing as you are. And, and it's so topsy turvy that I don't think people actually take that advice. Exactly. No, you said it very well. They both go hand in hand, right? You got to be you got to be finding deals. You got to be analyzing deals. You got to be do- looking at properties, and at the same time, you need to be finding investors. You need to be warming up investors. You need to be enrolling investors. Both go sure. hand in hand. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, let's move on to number two. What's your your second biggest mistake? Well, again, another painful lesson learned personally there, Jack. Again, all back from that first experience. So I had that deal land in my lap. I didn't have the investors lined up. I knew they weren't just going to magically fall out of the sky. I knew I was going to have to do something. So I started, (laughs) I rushed in like the good old bull in a china shop. And I tried everything that looked effective on TV and in the movies. So what looked at around that time, I think it was around the time that the Wolf of Wall Street came out, give or take. Do you remember that movie? Yep, I do. Leonardo DiCaprio and all those guys, they made it look fun getting on the phone and dialing for dollars, cold calling people. I said, hey, that looks like that'll be effective. I'll try me some of that. So that's what I did. I picked up the phone, started calling people, rejection. Well, I didn't know what the hell I was doing either, but rejection, 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 rejection. Jack, I'd like to say I did hundreds of calls and just grinded it out and and made it happen, but I didn't. My, My fragile little feelings and my ego couldn't handle it. 
So I made it through about a dozen calls, said this really sucks and uh, quit calling, right? So, you know, that didn't work for me. I also heard the gurus had said, hey, if you need to raise money for a deal, go out and turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. Use your elevator pitch, your 30 second commercial, whatever you want to call it. Network schmooze up a storm, raise some money that way. So by this time I was, I was running out of time. So I was getting really desperate. So I went out to the local chamber of commerce, BNI, Business Networking International, I think Toastmasters, wherever the heck they would let me in the door with mm-hmm. my little briefcase and my handful of business cards. There I went, polished up my uh, 30 second elevator pitch and pitched everybody I could, I could come across and raised absolutely zero capital. So again, 2020 hindsight, looking back on things, even though it was a good deal and I had structured it quite, quite nicely. And in, in the future, I did a bunch of deals like this and they worked very nicely. The challenge was I was just going about it all wrong. I was, I, I was going at it from a position of desperation, right? Because I needed that money that oozed out of every pore in my body. It just, it repelled people. It's kind of like that creepy guy at the bar that's just hitting on any poor woman in, in the vicinity, <laughs> you know, that's, that's how it came across. So that didn't work either. All I did was get a bunch of really strange looks and, uh, you know, people kind of making a beeline the opposite direction of me at it as quickly as they could. And that whole networking schmoozing thing definitely didn't work. So again, the whole idea of running in cold doing these cold calling things. And the worst thing is Jack, that not only did it not work, but it actually turned off a lot of really good prospective investors if I had just done things a little bit more on the classy side in the first place. So not just not not finding the, the capital that way, but turning off good investors was a big reason not to do this. So you guys don't, you know, if you're looking to raise capital, don't be picking up the phone, dialing for dollars. Don't do all that creepy networky schmoozy stuff that everybody else is doing. I mean, think about it, especially the networking. We got to we got to step back for a second. So, Jack, like, if you're looking for somebody to invest in a deal with you, what kind of money would you be talking about, give or take? Well, it, it would vary. It depends on the on the situation, but yeah. more times than not, it could be anywhere from twenty thousand to full full on purchase in my area, which is closer to two hundred fifty three hundred thousand. Yeah. So let's let's just pick something in the middle. Let's say it's a hundred grand you're looking to raise. So I mean, let's be logical about this, folks. Think about it. You're going out to a networking event. Event. You're meeting a complete stranger. You need to raise a hundred grand in a week or two. How likely do you think that's going to happen with a complete stranger? Right. Because for somebody to invest a hundred grand with you, let me know if you agree with this or not, Jack. Chances are they need to know you, they need to like you, and they need to trust you with their money, right? Mm-hmm. Good old no like and trust factor. We're going out to these networking events, we're schmoozing, we're doing all this kind of stuff. Those people don't know us, they don't like us, and they certainly don't trust us with their hundred grand yet. So mm-hmm. it just seems like such a stupid way to do it. Now I'm not saying there's not a place for networking, there definitely is, but not when you need the capital right away for a deal. You need to you need to back up. You need to be a little bit more strategic about things and you need to plan it out properly. Yeah. You know, and I, I have to even say, you know, based on my personal experience, because I've, I've tried all those networking groups that you suggested you just brought up as well, but you know, to be frank, all of the gurus that they're listening to are also telling them to join networking groups. So most of those people are in startup businesses. They're trying to build their network yeah. and 
let's be honest, most of the people that have the kind of money that we need are not likely going to be in those groups. Exactly. I mean, so I typically ended up finding that I'd have to ask the people, you know, we'd have coffee one-on-one and I'd, I would just say, who do you know that uh, might, yeah. because um, if, if they did and they were interested, they would raise their hand. If not, I could use their network to build my network. I mean, right. Was it, but it was a, it was a slow play, right? You weren't looking. Very slow play. That, very slow play. We're not looking to raise that hundred grand next week from that relationship. And that's the challenge. So many, so many of the gurus out there are making it sound as if you can use the networking and that sort of thing to, to raise capital really, really quickly. And it, yeah. it very, very rarely works that way. And, and to be honest, I don't, I got, I got the go giver book right here. If you've, yeah, you've, you've, you probably read that book. And when I was dealing with any kind of networking, it's really, I'd, I'd recommend people read that because it's all about give, give, give until it starts to pay off. I mean, it's really showing value to the to your network. Well, and I'd I'd love if you don't mind, Jack, I would love to unwrap that for a second. So, what are some examples of the of the ways that when you're networking that you can give first? Because I see so many people do the exact opposite, right? They're just rushing right in, going for the kill right off the bat. Well, one of the easy and slow hanging fruit is that. I was so active in these networking groups and I was trying to get in front of as many people as possible. I would know and, and I would get to know all these people. So if they were working on a project or if they had a need, I was likely you start becoming the guy who knows somebody else. So I was the connector and that's actually in the go giver, you become a connector. And uh, so I would, I would do warm introductions to different people. Um, just to, just to help them out. You know, I, you, it sounds like you just become a phone directory, but there's a lot of value in that. That's huge. I mean, you're, you're a trusted source for both sides of the equation there. So that's, that, that puts you in a wonderful position that puts you in a position of trust. And again, it's all about that know, like, and trust factor. And think about it. You're giving first, you're getting to know the person. They're liking you because you're doing them a favor they act on that favor and it works out nicely. And that just, what does that do for that trust factor, right? It just puts right. that on, on overdrive. So again, that's the, that's definitely the slow play, but that's the smart way to do it. So hats off to you for doing it that way, my friend. So, well, let's move on to the next. What's your last the biggest mistake? Well, this was another one I made and it kind of ties into the whole networking thing. And that is thinking that everybody and anybody with a pulse and a checkbook would make a good prospective investor. And at least in my personal experience, that's definitely not the case. And that's part of the challenge, like you mentioned, with these networking events and just going out. You know, a lot of those people are out there looking for business themselves. They're not looking to invest a hundred grand in you and your deals. In fact, quite often they're they're needing to get business from these networking events themselves. So they're not your ideal perspective investor. And then, so we also have to think, getting back to that no like and trust factor, you're going after complete strangers. You have to build that relationship from scratch. So again, that's where you, that, that go giver idea makes so much sense. You're building that relationship, but that's still going to take time to do. So instead, if you're looking to raise capital and you want to do it faster, sooner rather than later, I'm going to recommend that we really, really laser focus in on people that you already have a pre-existing relationship with, right? 
where I'm talking about friends, family members, coworkers, business associates, people that you know, people that you already know and who already know you, people that you like and who already like you, people who already trust you to a certain degree, maybe not with your hundred grand, their hundred grand just yet, but there's a there's a level of trust already built in there. Then you are just you're putting yourself on the path to success so much faster, right? Because you've got those things. You've got at least two of those three things taken care of. The no factor and the like factor. Now we just have to work on that trust factor. So <clears throat> instead of just going out there blind, trying to network up a storm, especially when you're just getting started with raising capital, I would recommend that you do the opposite, that you really, really focus in on people that you have that pre-existing relationship with. So what we always recommend is create a target group of somewhere between 100 and 200 people that you know, right? Friends, family mm -hmm. members, coworkers, business associates. If you're freaking out, if you're thinking, hey, Dave, I don't know 200 people, chances are you don't, you do actually. All you have to do is go into your cell phone, get all your contacts out of there, go into your social media, get all your contacts out of there, go into your different email accounts, get all your contacts out of there, put them in one place, and chances are, Instead of having to come up with 200 people, chances are you're going to have 1,000 or 2,000 people that you're going to need to whittle down to a couple hundred people that you actually have that pre-existing relationship with. So mm -hmm. let's focus on those folks first. Let's get started on the right foot instead of just charging in like Dum Dum Dave did. Like, I got a deal. Have you got any cash? Let's break the ice. Let's be a little bit more classy about the whole process. Let's warm them up. Let's reconnect with people on a personal level first, and then we'll set the stage for starting to talk about real estate investing. And then my whole process, this thing behind me is called the Money Partner Formula. It's all about attracting investors, getting them curious, getting them to put up their hand and say, hey, you know what, Jack, what's this real estate thing that you're up to? I'm curious, I'd like to find out more. Because that conversation is a complete 180 from us desperately, creepily chasing after people and trying to convince them to invest in our deals. That makes sense, Jack. Yeah, it sure does. So, yeah. if if somebody wanted to take a closer look at your five step formula, where would they where could they track that down so they could study it in a little bit more detail? Well, you know what? I'm I'm just launching a brand new podcast right now myself, Jack. It's called the Raise Capital 101 Show, uh, How to Raise Capital 101, and wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find that, or you can go to raisecapital101show.com. And the first nine episodes of the show are a little mini course on what I call my money partner formula. So that way folks can go through that. They can listen to it and they can get a little mini course on exactly how this whole process works. Yeah, that, that's, that's really, that's really great. And it's, it's the, you know, it, it becomes part of that going back to the go giver, the whole, if you're freely giving it away, uh, it, even though they're mini courses and nine episodes, it's definitely worth tuning in and binging those nine, especially those nine episodes. So I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. But, you know, you, you just mentioned uh, rekindling these relationships. Yeah. Because you know, I think that's really something that we should take a second and, and focus on because I don't think there's anything worse than calling somebody that you haven't talked to out of the blue and immediately, Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What's the weather like? Do you have a hundred thousand dollars? You know, it's, it, it yeah. can be disastrous too. 
Well, I think we've all, one way or the other, we've experienced that. Maybe not with somebody hitting us up for a hundred grand for a real estate deal, but we all have had that friend or family member get into network marketing or MLM, or perhaps we've been that friend or family member. <laughs> we've given that a crack, right? But we, you know what I'm talking about, right? Somebody yeah. called, I still remember it. My ex-sister-in-law called me up out of the blue one day. I hadn't heard from her in years. And, you know, it was exactly that. Chit-chat, chit-chat. Oh, by the way, have you heard of Wonder Goop? And how great <laughs> it is. And she's trying to get me enrolled there. It's like, oh, my God. So we don't want to come across that way. So, Jack, would you like me to kind of uh, show, just show you what the Yeah, I think you better. Let's, 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 let's uh, break it down a little bit. All right, perfect. So I'll show you exactly what to do. This is what we do for our clients. And it works like gangbusters. So we call this the warm-up campaign, the warm-up campaign. And here's how it works, Jack. We create that list of a couple of hundred people, right? That that we I call that our dream 200 list of prospective investors. And before we start marketing to them, we want to break the ice with them. We want to warm them up first. But we also want to do this in an efficient and in, a, in an effective manner. So the best way I've seen to do this is via an email campaign. And it's very quite, it's really quite simple. It's just three simple emails sent out over about a one week period. So it might be Monday, then Wednesday, then Friday, for example. So this would be the first communications we're sending to this list. And the way you can do it is through an email autoresponder program or some sort of a CRM program, client relationship management program. And that way you can create one email and it gets sent out to all 200 people, but it's personalized for each person. Does that make sense, mm -hmm. Jack? So yep. we send out three of these. And here's the trick. We got to mix it up a little bit. So the first email that we send out is what I call the Christmas letter from Aunt Nadine. Now, Jack, you're a younger guy than I am, but I remember back in the day when I was a kid, this was way before the interwebs, way before cheap long distance, anything like that. People used to actually keep in touch by writing letters because uh, when I was a kid, a long distance phone call cost the equivalent of minimum wage per minute to make a phone call. So it was only life and death that you actually called people long distance, right? Mm -hmm. So my aunt Nadine, what she would do, she was smart. Every year, she would write a nice long Christmas letter. She would take it down and get it Xeroxed. That's what it was called. <laughs> get it Xeroxed, photocopied, and then put that in with her Christmas cards and send off 40 or 50 of those, whatever it was, to all of her friends and family all over the place. So every year we get this, this card with this big letter and we read through it and that's how we stayed up to touch with that side of the family. We're gonna do a modern day version of that via email. So here's what we do. I just go in assuming that everybody on that list has probably not heard from me in the last three or four or five years. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna give them a quick little catch up on what I've been doing. So it might be something like this. Hey, uh, you know, let's say Jack, you were on my list. It would be personalized. Hey, Jack, it's Dave. Chances are it's been a while since we connected. Just thought I'd reach out, say hi, see how you're doing and catch up. I'd love to reconnect with you. So I'll get started first. Here's what I've been up to for the last little while. So blah, blah, blah. Here's what I've been doing. Here's what the kids are up to. Here's how old they are, what their names are. You know, here's the good stuff that's gone on in my life. Here's the not COVID trips we've taken, fun stuff we're doing. Yada, yada, right? Not too, mm -hmm. too in depth, but if you were to print this out, it might be like a page long, right? So you 
you right. get you get in there. And here's a tip. Write this one down, you guys, if you're taking notes. Make it personal. Don't make it too corporate sounding. Don't make make it personal as if you were writing a letter or an email to an old friend that you've lost touch with, like legitimately like that. Very personal. So that's why I talk about, you know, the good stuff, maybe some of the not so good stuff if somebody's passed away in your life or gone through a divorce or something like that. Feel free to talk a little bit about that. Don't don't dwell on it. But make sure you always leave things off on a high note. And then here's the trick. At the end of that email, you say, well, okay, that's enough about me. How about you? Please, please, please hit reply to this email. Let me know how you're doing. I'd love to hear back from you. And you set that up through your email autoresponder system, your CRM. Send that sucker out. And then here's the job. When people respond, have a genuine connection with them. So even though you're sending this out mass email to 200 people, it's going to be personalized for each person. And you are having a legitimate connection when you're going back and forth with people when they answer you. Does that make sense, Jack? Mm -hmm. That's how we're able to take personalization along with technology and make this a system and make it work very, very effectively. So that's the first message. Let's say that goes out on Monday. Let's say we got 150 people on our list for an example. Chances are you might get eight to 10, 15 responses, give or take, right? Mm-hmm. Not like every single person is going to reply back to you, but you probably will get a handful. There's money in those connections though. So make sure you pay attention to who connects with you. Wednesday, we're going to send out another message, similar kind of message, different format. So what I recommend and what we do for our clients is we do a video message. Hey, it's Dave. I thought I'd try something different, send you a quick little video just to see what you're up to, catch up on what I've been up to. So basically, I'll talk about the same thing. I won't read it, but I'll talk about it, right? And I'll talk about what's going on. And quite often what we're doing when we've got clients is, you know, if they've got kids and whatnot, maybe they'll have a kid come in and they'll put Janie here to say a few words or something, just something personal that really makes it kind of pop. And again, the same idea, catch people up. And at the end, hey, well, that's what I've been up to. If you haven't had a chance to get back to me yet, please hit reply to this email. You don't have to film a video, but hit reply to the email. I'd love to hear back to you. Take care. Talk to you soon. Send that all, send that out to everybody. Now you're going to get another, whatever, 8, 10, 15 responses back from that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, and this one's real, this is this is vital, Jack. The third message is vital. We call this the transition message. And this is where we're gonna we're gonna give people the heads up that we're gonna be shifting from just all warm and fuzzy and, and personal reconnection, that we're gonna start talking to them about real estate investing. And we're also gonna give them the option to opt out if they'd really rather not hear about it. Okay? Sure. This is a short, again, I recommend we do a short little video message here. It doesn't have to be video, but it just works better. Pretty short and sweet. If I were doing it, it'd be something like this. Hey, it's Dave. It's been really good reconnecting with you again uh, over the last week or so. Just want to let you know that moving ahead, I plan on doing a much, much, much better job of staying in touch. And in fact, I want to let you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. Because real estate is something that I'm very passionate about. I'm doing really well with it. And in fact, I think real estate's the best way for everyday folks like you and like myself to get a good, good, solid return on our money backed by something real, and that's real property. And hey, who knows? Maybe sometime in the future, you might even want to partner with me in a deal and share in the profits. But you know what? If you're really not interested in real estate, that's okay too. You can always click unsubscribe at the bottom of any of my emails. You'll be taken off my list immediately 
my feelings be hurt for a little while, but eventually I'll get out. I'll get over it. All right. And in the meantime, if you haven't got back to me, please hit reply to this email. I'd love to see how you do. Take care. Talk to you soon. Send that sucker off. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Jack? Yeah. I really appreciate you breaking this down because uh, this, this is a great example of this t- you're talking about over a week and that's actually, that's, that seems like a short amount of time, but I, I just foresaw a lot of people trying to do exactly what you're doing in three days over the course yeah. of a week in like we, a 30 minute 10 conversation. Days, and 10 days would actually be even better. Right. But you know, yeah. you, you can do it in a week, but yeah, you don't want to do it day after day after day. It's, it's just too fast. Yeah. So I, I'm going to send everybody to your website again. Uh, raisecapital101show.com. I'm going to make sure to have that link in the show notes. And I, I can't recommend Dave enough when it comes to uh, working with and raising private capital and partnerships and, and a variety of, you know, anything associated with that. Um, so I'm sure your podcast is going to be full of fantastic information. I, I'm sure the, the the show should be out now. So while you're Hit pause here for a second. Go over in five days show and, and subscribe, and uh, start uh, start learning from from the legend here when it comes to this. Um, well, Dave, this is something new uh, that uh, I started doing, and uh, I'm curious as to your questions answers because I do have a list of rapid fire questions. Oh, now. great! I love these. Because you haven't told you haven't told them to me ahead of time, so we get to be. A no, surprise. I haven't told you them ahead of time. You probably know the last one because I think I probably uh, I've been using that the last one for for quite a while. But so the first thing is is that it's it's like uh, Wayne's World. You're going into a guitar shop, but Stairway to Heaven is not. You cannot play Stairway to Heaven, so we cannot say Rich Dad Poor Dad, and you can't bring up any of your own books. And that's another thing we should probably bring up is Dave is an author and he's written, I don't know how many books now, three, four, five, uh, eight, eight. So some Dave has a, right. has a list of books, but if <laughs> you would recommend, actually, and a couple of them are actually reasonably good. <laughs> they're all very good. So, um, with that being said, what is one book you would recommend everybody checking out? Oh, that's easy. Just one. Um, okay. You can have more than one. If you have more than one, bring it. I do. So number one, one of my favorite books this year, who not how by Dan Sullivan and really uh, good book and Hardy. Yeah. That one, one that I'm going through right now, which we're actually applying with, with all of our clients these days is a fantastic book. If you're in business for yourself, it's called Never Lose a Customer Again. Never Lose a Customer Again. Joey Coleman. So I highly recommend that. That's a new one. I haven't heard of that one. Even even for us as uh, real estate investors, when you're working, because your investors are your clients, right? So your Mm -hmm. investors, your clients, some people consider their tenants to be their clients. So there are lots of great, great ideas on on, uh, how to keep them longer uh, with this book. So I highly recommend that as well. Oh, good. I'll add that one to the list. What is the best piece of business advice you've ever received? So many, so many different great pieces of advice. I think, I think one of the big, biggest, best pieces of advice I've gotten is the whole idea of pig-headed determined. Just, you know, go for it, go for it, go for it, and just keep going. Now, sometimes I can work against you, but generally speaking, most of us give up way too soon. 
I know that's been my tendency in the past. So the whole concept of just go, 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 and, and don't give up. You might have to change course a bit, but don't take your eye off the ball. Right. What is the worst piece of business advice you've ever received? Oh, the worst piece of business advice I've ever received is just find a good deal and the money will find you. <laughs> I had a feeling that one was going to come back again. So, so okay, here's the here's a, another one. If you could go back in time to visit your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Oh, I think I would uh, I would tell my younger self to quit being such an uptight son of a bitch and, you know, enjoy life a little bit more and take some time to, you know, smell the roses work on work on that type a personality a little bit and, and relax yeah I, I think that's one of those things that you know as an as entrepreneur entrepreneurs you know we push 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 and you know we we get into this in real estate investing we're trying to we're trying to reclaim our some of our time and some of our life but then we kind of lose track of that as as being the goal mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's that's a good one and then uh, is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here today? Well, you didn't ask me anything about my fashion sense or my amazing hairstyle, Jack. So I think picture is worth a thousand words. So <laughs> if you, you head over to my YouTube channel and you can see Dave in his, in his glory. In all my glory. There we go. No, I think you did a fantastic job, my friend. You do a great job of interviewing your, your guests. So I appreciate all of the questions that you asked. So, well, I appreciate it, Dave. You're welcome back anytime. I hope uh, I'd be I'd be great to go through some of your maybe the titles of some of your mini courses, you know, and and uh, just kind of walk through a few of those things here as well. But uh, okay. I'm going to point everybody one last time. Check out Dave's new podcast, RaiseCapital101Show.com. I'm sure that's going to have all of the related show notes, but I really appreciate your time again, Dave. This was great. Likewise. Thanks so much, Jack. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time. 